When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNBR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boost every single day. Rudo and AJ coming at you to talk prospects today. Should be an interesting one. We got our current top 10 lists. Maybe do a little bit of comparison to what we had in preseason about six months ago now uh, for our prospects going into the year and and see where they're ranked now. Should be be a fun time. Most, for the most part, uh, you understand where prospect is at this year. They've still got a month plus left in their season, depending on how playoffs and things shake out for some of these guys. But you kind of have a good picture of of what they are as players this season at this point. So we're going to do our top 10 list for each of us. Should be an interesting conversation. I know there's um, particularly in the AHL, a lot of interesting question marks about some apps. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think I think we should probably start with guys who didn't make list the lists. Yeah, and um, I, just I, because I think there's going to be some conversation around a few a few players or maybe one or two in particular, and uh, I also I also think that it's important to note that like Bowen Byram and Alex Newhook, not and, prospects, yeah, uh, Mikhail Maltev, those three guys in particular. Um, cause I was kind of tweeting about this show a few days ago and was like, how's everybody feel about them? And people were asking me like, Oh, are they considered prospects? And the answer is no. Yeah. Otherwise they would have been one, two, and three. <laughs> it, it would have been a bit of a silly list with them at the top. Yeah. Um, congrats, Travis, go get that job interview, bud. Uh, yeah. So we can definitely start with some players we didn't list specifically. I wanted to start with the goalies because if you don't know aj and i refuse to rank goalies against skaters it's nonsense to even bother trying to do that so we just put goalies in their own little category right that doesn't mean they aren't valuable and valid prospects as certainly used to say in and in and also i'm sure aj you're going to make a case here for trent minor being players to pay attention to in the coming years yeah, and I, I I think that my argument for Miner is just that I think he's a he's a meaningful prospect. Sure. I don't think that he's a seventh round throwaway guy that they gave an ELC to <clears throat> with with no hope for the future for him. I think that he's a guy that they think could be an NHL guy someday. Yep. 
a long way to go, a long track. Um, clearly, Anadin is ahead of him. Yeah. In the pecking order, he should be. Um, the results justify that approach right now, but we'll see with, with Miner. I, I don't think that he is just your seventh round, uh, just move on, you know, just, oh, token. We'll see how he does, blah, blah, blah. Sure. The... <laughs> it's always nice to have more than one interesting goalie prospect in the system. I'd... And and you've seen, honestly, the, the Avs have not had a lot of success when it comes to goaltender development in their history. But at least in recent years, you're looking at the most success they've had. They really had a multiple goaltender system with Calvin Pickard and Sammy Itacalio. And Pickard being the only one that they've really gotten a real NHL time out of in the past 10 years. So, yeah. I, I guess Budai was playing in the late 2010s still for the Avs, yeah. but and yeah, and you look at you look at their draft and development. Look, they've the guys that they have drafted and developed that turned into NHL starters: Mark Denis, David Abisher, Peter Budai, Calvin Pickard ish. Calvin Pickard wasn't really like he started on the worst team in Avalanche history and was yep. essentially out of the league after that. Yep. He's made something like five NHL appearances since that season. So I don't really include Pickard much there uh, because it's the bulk of his games came that season. The only reason I include Pickard is he did reach the 100 game mark. I understand a lot of that came from 2016 17, but. 100 game marks a, a reasonable milestone for a goaltender to say this dude had an NHL career. Yeah. And it, I don't, who knows what would have happened, right? Had Vegas not claimed Malcolm Subban and he right. got to be, he got to be like an actual just backup goaltender for a few years there. Maybe, maybe that would have gone well. Yep. You never really know. Um, so the, the gap between, third goaltenders and like backup goaltenders is like 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 a Jonas Johansson to a Pavel Francos. It's it's not that big. It's pretty razor thin for sure. Well, maybe Frankie's a bad example because I think he's pretty good. But a normal backup. Take a a career backup like like Chad Johnson was. Yeah, sure. That guy. Yeah. Totally, totally fine, you know. Pickard. Anton Forsberg. If Pickard ever managed to clean up the soft goals a little bit, he probably could have been a regular backup in the NHL. But yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, not the point. Not the point for for the, Anadin, the, the, the big thing here is yeah. we're just not we're not the goalies will not be on the list. We both really like Eustace Anandin. We think that he's got a future. He's Colorado's like top goalie prospect. He's shown enough this year in his first North American season to absolutely warrant excitement for a future in the NHL. Is it starter? Is it backup? Is it high-end starter? No we'll idea. See when we get there, yeah. yeah. Right now, you're just you're just trying to see how he did in his first year, and uh, he's done very well. Yep, on the whole. The, yep, numbers, pretty, pretty the numbers are a little skewed because his first 10 to 15 games were iffy. Yep. There were some really, really bad games in there. And then after that, he's really kicked it up. Yeah. Um, and 
was like the like the rookie of the month for November. Outside of like an odd stinker game, he really has been pretty consistent in the AHL, which is yeah. his first year in North America. Pretty positive sign, to say the least. Yeah, and if you want to read more about him, um, Megan's post is up on the website. I timed it for the start of the show so that we could start talking about on and in right away, and the post would be up there in case anybody wanted to go read it. Lots of good stuff from uh, Eagles head coach Greg Cronin and Peter Budai, um, who is helping with his development. Yep. Okay. Uh any other major notices that aren't on your list, AJ, that you wanted to talk about? So, uh, I don't have Shane Bowers in my top ten. Okay, I um, do for the record, but and I... it was it was kind of a last minute omission because I initially had him at nine, and then I was just I was just thinking about it, and it was really more uh, it was really more of a conversation about how I felt the organization was was going about it. Yeah. Um, and I just didn't, I really like Shane Bowers as a person. I really like Shane Bowers as a player. I think Shane Bowers could be in the NHL. Do I think um, Shane Bowers is going to get NHL games? Yes. Do I think it's going to be with the abs? No. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I think that's kind of how I feel. And that's why I just was like, you know what? I don't want to necessarily deal with this. Yeah. I don't know how to feel about it. I don't know how to feel about ranking him in a prospect list. He just felt so everything is out of place with him. Um, I just don't know what to do. So I would definitely uh, Bowers. I I will tell you that I feel from people that I've talked to in the organization, it felt like there was more unified hope around Bowers than there were some other guys in the system. Sure. And it was more, more that Bowers just, has taken longer and you know with the the covid stuff last year and the false positives and the uh this year he gets in there and then the season starts and then he gets, gets hurt and yeah there were there were a bunch of there's just been a lot of start and stops with him where it doesn't feel like he can just play 30 games and just see how he does yep um and so it just i, I think that's really really hurt him a lot is that lack of rhythm, that lack of consistency, because he just needed those games. He needed them so much. Yep. And that's where that's where I think he just I'm yeah, kind of bummed. It, the the production just hasn't been there this year too. Um, yeah. I I did have him in my top ten. Uh, but again, I I am fully on board with the idea that it's starting to become a weird fit very rapidly in Colorado for him. Um Believer in the player, absolutely, but don't blame you for for leaving him off your list. Just given the situation that has has happened here in Colorado, I yeah. will say when you watch him play for two years now, he's had NHL level polish. Yeah, there's the 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 size, the speed, um, his skating, his smarts, all of that stuff continues to stick out the same way it always has. Um, I'm. I don't know. I I understand where Colorado is as an organization right now. Yep. Uh, and that they're not in the business of handing over NHL jobs in the situation that they're in. I get it. Uh, but it does feel like that dude could do Darren Helm's job. Yeah. Yep. 
don't just. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you swapped Tyson Jost and Shane. If you'd notice a, a difference, yeah. I don't know that if you would notice a strong difference, and yeah. that's not a knock on Jost and more of how I feel about Bowers. Yeah, I, I, I think there's really a couple guys in the Avs AHL system that you could drop into the NHL, the bottom line, and you wouldn't really notice anything. <laughs> at at worst, I should say, but is what it is. Uh, not going to change that. Any other major omissions from your list? I don't think so. Um, you you have Kovey on your list, right? I do. Because he was just off mine. After this season, I'm surprised by that. It's it's just the Russian factor. It's okay. He's got another year on his. Uh, it's, the it's... lack of lack of belief that he's coming over anytime soon, if ever. I don't even know if it's lack of belief. It's just that conversation is always looming until it's completed, right? Like, yeah, the Russians haven't come over until that contract is signed. Fair enough. Uh, I've just felt the the one thing about Kovalenko that I really liked was that again he he moved organizations. He started getting ice time and immediately started going back to being the guy that we were so excited about a few years ago. Yeah, I agreed on that front. Um, so when and when you're looking at that part of the system, um, you're talking about guys that I think are are real long shots like Tyler Weiss. Yeah, you know where I'm just I'm not sold. Yeah, agreed. He was not. So Kovalenko was my ten. Who was your ten? Uh, I believe my 10 was Steinberg. So. All right. I'm, I'm curious how high you had him, but. I don't remember. Either way. Um, eight. We're gonna, eight. Okay. That's fairly reasonable. Yeah. This was someone who before this season. I'm not sure if he would have even been in my top 20 Avs prospects. He would have been, he would have been in my top 20, but he would have been down there. Yeah. And the big, the big thing with Steinberg is it was a lost year for him last year and his freshman year at Cornell, he didn't do much. Yeah. It's, it's not just his freshman year that he didn't do much. Yes. That absolutely true. You go into what was supposed to be his sophomore year and all of the COVID nonsense happens. Yes, but he also doesn't play a single game of hockey that matters. He played a couple of preseason games in junior A that year, broke his leg, leg. and then never got back into hockey for the rest of that season. He was supposedly healthy by January of that year, but just didn't find a league to play in at that point. So. Just didn't find anywhere to play in and <clears throat> chose to get healthy. And right now it's hard to say he made the wrong call. No kidding. Uh, um, got healthy, went back to Cornell. And earlier this year at one point was leading the NCAA in scoring. Yep. Um, that slowed down, but he still is a point per game guy. He has 25 points in 23 games. Um, I talked to a couple of different college hockey people about this list and some of the some of the guys that I haven't gotten to spend as much time watching yet. And Steinberg was a guy that repeatedly came up as a big time power forward type of prospect. Yep. The 
the high-end skill isn't going to be there, but his work ethic is there. He plays with all the power in the world. Do you remember last year during the draft when Abs fans absolutely loved the idea of the team drafting Zach LaRue? Yep. And it was because they wanted a guy with some snarl. That's Matt Steinberg. Matt Steinberg's got all the snarl you can handle, which is part of, it's a double-edged sword because it gets him in trouble. He gets into some penalty trouble here and there because he goes chasing big hits and is very willing to defend himself. If somebody doesn't like one of those big hits, (laughs) Um, he's, he's had some issues with that. Although this year, a down on the penalties from earlier in his career. Yep. Uh, Not even just his freshman year, but you're talking going back to his days at St. Andrews. He was a pretty high PIMS guy because he was running. He did a lot of running around and you really, there's just, there's, there's been enough skill level there that that combined with the kind of year that he's had and the, and the play style that fits, into an organi- into an organization that doesn't have a lot of that, I think ups his value in my eyes. Uh, it's funny because I'm going to make this opposite argument when we get to higher up on this list. Yeah. But I think that when you're talking about like which of the guys, which which of the guys uh, that that you really towards towards the bottom here, the Colby Ambrosios, the Tyler Weiss types, which of these guys, you know, Matt Steinberg, which which of these guys really is the one that fits something that Colorado needs? My, like, could really, really, really use? I think part of that conversation is that he can provide goal-scoring ability to the Avs forward depth. Yeah. You're talking about guys like Jost, like Helm, like... Mm-hmm pretty much honestly everyone not named new hook that's regularly in the abs bottom six you're like man i sure wish that guy could finish a little bit more yeah and that's what matt steinberg can bring he can get to the front of the net and he can poke pucks home he's i've never been a huge believer in his shot but he was drafted for a good shot in part and guy has 11 goals on the season this year which isn't like crazy the big but, thing with his goal scoring is that for a guy who plays with power in his game, it comes from where you think it would. Yep. He's not Oscar Olison, right? He's not yep. sniping one-timers on on power plays. And stuff. Like, he has a couple of those. But you look at a lot of his goals are going to be in tight, are going to yep. be hanging out in in front of the goal and, and you know, just hard work. It's overpowering another human being. It's... It's very obvious when you talk about someone who gets the net front areas like that, the ones who can finish and the ones who can't. Yeah. How many dudes do you see go there and just fire pucks right into the pad in front of them? Yeah. Compared to the dude that can make the one extra move to get it around the pad mm-hmm. or lift it enough to get it over the pad. Just has like that, that extra spidey sense to yeah. hey, if this guy's the goalie sliding, I'm gonna I'm gonna slip this five hole or I'm gonna put this in the seven hole because he's got that just that little bit of space right there. Yep. and I'll just chip it over the pad. You know, the those guys and and it looks look I'm I'm I went from being like ugh Matt, like Matt Steinberg like can we just I wanted to see something, right? To being yep. like you could give him a contract this year and I'd be good with that. It's a weird situation. Um I wouldn't hate a contract this year for him. I do think he'll go back for another year. Um again, the lost year means that 
by eligibility, he's still technically a sophomore this year. Um, so yeah, uh, NCAA wise, yeah, he is still a sophomore this so year. So he would be a junior this year, and then the Avs would have his rights for one further year. So they, it's not like he's going to hit free agency or anything. So he could go back for another year. I I think it'd be fine if he goes back for another year, but a conversation that I imagine is going to crop up a lot there's a genuine possibility that the Evs don't sign any forward prospects this off season, if not for maybe a Steinberg or a Tyler Weiss. Yeah. Tyler Weiss, they have a decision they have to make on because he's going to be a free agent on August 15th. Um, June 1st, they lose the rights to Niels Oman, who's not on either, either of our lists. lists. Yeah. Um, after after that, yeah, you could have the argument. Um, look, maybe your best signing options are Weiss, Steinberg, Nikolai Kovalenko. Yep, those are your only signing options because you're not going to sign Ambrosio. Nope. Um, you're certainly not going to sign Andre Bulyalski, who played what three games, three games at Vermont this year before catastrophic injury. Yeah, before major injury ended his season. And then, yeah, Taylor McCarr, not going to sign him anytime soon either. Yeah, Taylor McCarr will be a four-year guy. Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, so Steinberg, yeah, you have him at ten. I have him at eight. But a lot of a lot of optimism from two dudes who have not been believers had written that dude off essentially yeah. uh, until his breakout this year. Yeah, uh, and. Really impressive. Give him all the credit in the world, working hard and going. Absolutely. And the, just a free train. Yes, the Avs do still hold Kamenev's rights, uh, but I would say. Don't don't mean very much. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, either way, you cannot bet on some of these Avs prospects, but. You can get in there and bet on college hockey a decent amount if you go over to DraftKings Sportsbook. So get on over there. Check it out. Check out DraftKings. Get in there. Bet $1 on any NBA team to win their next game and get $150 in free bets when you sign up with code DNBR. So jump on that with $150 in free bets. Why not throw some money at Steinberg? Why not throw some money at uh, at some of these other guys we're going to talk about just for fun? Just have a little bit of fun with it. It's it's essentially free money to play around with. So check Cornell out Cornell could make that turning too. They so are might a, be something you want to bet on. Team. Yeah, UMass is up there. Um, DU is no pushover by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, DU is either. third in the country right now. Yep. So slow slow start, but DU has blown up. Well, and that team is an offensive juggernaut this year. But I don't know the last time that. Somebody dropped eight goals on St. Cloud State. <laughs> it's been a hot minute. Um, but yeah, super fun hockey out there to bet on with DraftKings. So go check it out. Uh, you must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. To get the $1 for $150 NBA bet, you must be a new account and use code DNVR. DraftKings is an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And of <coughs> course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 And then. If you want to watch professional sports in Colorado, go get a vodka TV. 
They have altitude. They're going to have AT&T Sports when baseball finally does come back. So they got you covered on that front. They also have national channels, too. They're super easy to use for just 25 bucks a month. They hook up to your television just like normal cable or normal dish would. You plug it in. You're good to go. You got your remote. It's super easy. You don't have to do any of this nonsense piracy or other things uh, all the way around to to watch Avalanche hockey. It, it's so much easier with Avaca doesn't have to be the mess that it unfortunately has been so go get a vodka 25 bucks a month to watch your abs on your big screen tv all day all night whenever you want make it easy second period of the dnvr avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings sportsbook uh aj I, your I do oh, want ahead. to answer this question real yeah, quick fire. um asking do we see steinberg as a center or a wing in the pros he's been a center at cornell Mm-hmm. And I want to keep him there. If they can keep him there, great. Uh, keep him there as long as you can. And if it does not, at some point, if he needs to move to the wall, fine. I realistically, I think he probably ends up getting moved to the wall. But Same. just for versatility, you keep a kid at center. Yeah, if you, if you can. can get if you can get a center out of him, awesome. Like yeah. that's even that's an even bigger win for you. To have a guy that plays like that, plays like a bull in a china shop with like rolling down like a little bowling ball down the middle of the ice. Hell yeah. But chances are you could probably expect to see him move over to wing in the pros. Yeah. But if keep him at center as long as you as long as you can justify it. I don't know. I don't know that the skating is going to be a great probably fit down the middle. Not good enough, yeah. Uh but and and all of the all of the the physical elements of his game, you're like this is going to translate perfectly to wing. Yep. So, anyway, we'll we'll see. It, uh, hey, but it's, it's always yeah. easier to move from center to wing than wing to center. Full stop. Always. So. Yeah. Unless you're Miko Rantanen, he just makes everything look easy. It doesn't make any sense. I think his center numbers are the most overrated thing ever, but it's fine. Uh, he just. He, it's he's, just the fact that he does it at yeah, a passable he's level. He's just a freak. He's just a freak, for sure. He just plays top-line center in the NHL randomly every so often and is totally <laughs> fucking fine at it. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, what was your number 10, AJ? Um, What was my number? Oh, it was Kovalenko. Okay. Yeah. So we kind of already talked about that. Yeah. Uh, number nine, then. Colby Ambrosio. Okay, so it's going to seem like blasphemy because I love Colby Ambrosio, but he was actually my number 11. <laughs> and This is all because you have Bowers and I don't. Correct. Because <laughs> my original version of this had Bowers at 9, and then I was, when I decided to pull him off, then Ambrosio got that spot. Yep, and I'm a, a huge believer in what, Ambrosio does. He just needs his junior year to get the contract. That's all. I I don't think I don't. I, I'm convinced today that I would sign him, barring a major, major, major problem here. Okay. Um, I'm convinced today that I would sign him, but the big thing he just needs to 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 physically continue to fill out and grow and hit the weight through more and yeah, more and more over the next year. He is year. a legitimate five foot nine. Yep. 
and playing any the center or wing. It, do, it just honestly doesn't matter at that size. Yeah. Like <clears throat> he needs to, he needs to get to, he needs to, he needs to get to where he will be okay in the pro, being able to handle the physicality of the pro game. Um, even if that takes him all four college years, I'd be a little nervous to let him go the senior year. Yeah. But if, if that's what they think would be best for him, I would understand why. The big thing to hear is that the dude is relentless. Mm -hmm. The, the, and it's, and it's a string that you can start to draw between a couple of these prospects. Their work ethic is crazy. You yep. don't ever feel like some of these guys disappear from games because you're, you always, there's, there's always, even if they're not scoring goals, they're out there doing something. They're finding ways to contribute. For a guy who's 5'9", 165, I think, he does not play like he's 5'9". He plays, he plays up. Yeah, for sure. And he understands that, which is another reason why I'm stressing. He needs to fill out because he has absolutely no fear. He scores. You want to talk about a guy who scores a lot of goals. Everything within net five front. feet of the net. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all of his offense happens at the goal mouth. Yep. Uh, and again, he's five foot nine and like a real five nine, not like the, you know, oh, he's five. He's five nine, but he might actually be like. 5'10 or 5'11, whatever. He's actually he's actually 5'9. He's a tiny guy. Doesn't have the passing ability, but he reminds me a little bit of Alex Kerfoot in a lot of ways where he just goes to the front of the net. And well, the fearlessness, the yeah. understand that you're gonna you're gonna get the shit kicked out of you, but that's where you succeed. That's where you find success in hockey is in front of in front of the net. And and it's it's a weird thing about some smaller guys that that play like that. Some some of those guys just have the skill of availability, where you see them get bopped and they just get right yeah. back up. So, it, and then other other guys, it seems like every time they get touched, they get hurt. Yep. And you know, it doesn't really matter what your size is if you're brittle. Yeah. Very true. Um, but he is he is certainly a guy. Uh, the the goal scoring is 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 good. He does a lot of things well. Yep, skating is great. It's you can see how he would fit into the Avs very yeah. very easily. Well, and he does he does a lot of defensive things for BC too. Yep, uh, he he handles a lot of the especially this year as a lot of the big guns moved on and graduated to pro hockey he took on a lot more responsibility and he's been an important guy for them. And that for the record, not putting this on Ambrosio, but that BC team this year is a hot disaster. Um, since the start of 2022, that team just completely fell apart, but is what it is. I'm sure there's another guy from that team. We'll be talking about a little bit further down this list. So I mean, when you can't get a save, man, yeah, it's tough. It's brutal out there. Their goaltending just took such a big step back this year. All right. Um, yeah. Ambrosio is a guy that, and give him another year. And we really are going to start talking contract next year. Um, where he, where he projects in the pros is still sort of a mystery to me. 
and I think is one of the one of the reasons I I'm not higher on him because I don't see like a clear path to him being an NHL player. He's going to have to figure out a way to continue to be successful at his size in the AHL. Yep. And until that happens, I'm going to be kind of iffy on his prospects of becoming an NHL player. For sure. Whereas a guy like Steinberg, it's not hard. Or Steinberg or Kovalenko, it's not hard to see where those guys fit as future role players for you. Yeah. Really physical guys that are comfortable, that, that just sort of naturally ease into that role. With that being said, at least in the case of Steinberg, I think it is kind of the same conversation where the vast majority of prospects, they do enough to earn an ELC, and then you go from there for the most yeah. part. Kovalenko and the Russians in general are a little bit different, but yeah, for for NCAA kids, certainly, they're going to have to prove it in the AHL unless you're like Kale McCarr, baller-ass good. Yeah. I mean, even even Newhook ended up with like twenty NA, or AHL games. Yep. So it's it's pretty normal on that front. Uh, my number nine is Alex Bocage. Yeah, don't have him on my list. See the full list, and I don't blame you there. I considered keeping him off my list just given the year that he's had. Um, the the big concern for me this year with Bocage is what's the one thing we've always talked about with him? Talked it up, talked it up, talked it up. He has an NHL level shot. Yeah. Dude's got four goals this year. Yeah. And, you know, played a, please played a depth role. Yep. Uh, on the Eagles. So he hasn't really gotten a lot of ice time and it's been a challenge for him to really find a job, a consistent job for, yep. for the Eagles. And now it looks like season's probably done. Um, unfortunately yeah yeah i believe he has a neck injury um should probably follow up with megan before i tell yeah, people this, i don't but... that's correct but i don't know the exact details of the injury. <clears throat> um and so that's that was a that's a a bummer um you, i hate injuries being a part of this conversation it always is um, though and with bocage it was mostly, I think Bocage started to really lose me in the preseason when I was watching him, and he just he it just wasn't. didn't do anything during yeah. five-on-five. Five. And then on yeah. the power play, they would set him up to be a little turret over there. And it was bombs away. And all of a sudden, you're like, wow, this is where he's scoring goals. And, and, and it was the only area where he was productive. And it was just like, okay, so they need to try and find a pro a pro caliber player at 5v5 here. Well, there's and, so much to uh, there's so much work and development needed from Bokash though. The, so the issue for me is the skating is a little bit better than it was at the QMJHL level for him, but it's not to the level to where it's creating enough space at 5 on 5 for him. He yeah. he hasn't figured out how to get the space to do what he wants to do on the ice in the offensive zone yet. He's not he's not there yet. And I think that that assuming he's he gets healthy next year, um, you know, if he continues to work on that part of his game and he really he really grinds at it, I think it'll it'll continue to get better. You look at where Tyson Joe's skating is today, yep. and you're like, that's fine. If Bokaj can get to that, you're fine. Uh, it's it's gonna do it would do wonders for him, honestly, to get to even where Jost has gotten his skating. And 
then and then you'll you you want to see the rest of the game really kind of develop from there because you always loved the shot the shot was yeah. always easy 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 part to like for sure <laughs> really even with the eagles you could you could still see it you know it was just that he was not getting it's more about his ability to get open for shoot to shoot than yeah. the actual shot itself well and 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 to just be part of like a functional offense system like there was, yeah there was just so much about Bocage that needed that needs development. Yep. That uh, you really just look at it and you're just like, well, everything. He's got a great shot. He's got great size. And then after that, you're trying to build a hockey player from there. Yeah. The, the only reason I have him as high as I do is, again, you look at the incoming pool of Avs forwards and outside of a Lawson, there's a bunch of dudes that you're like, well, we'll see in a couple of years. Yeah. So. Yeah, it uh, the the forward group certainly is not one that is inspiring much confidence, which is why if we get to our next the next guy on my list here. Yep. I am all the way down on Sampo Ranto. All the way down. See, I have him at seven. See, this is where we're gonna differ because I have him at three. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and the big thing is that I. Like the ten games he didn't do he he didn't do anything in any of the NHL games that I agree with that 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 we've seen him do in college that have been that that's been so interesting inspired zero confidence in me whatsoever that we were going to see him back in the NHL ever at that point it might be a little dramatic but I wanted to see okay what happens when he goes down to the AHL. Because we saw Newhook go down to the AHL, hit that floor and bounce up off off of it immediately. Right now, Jean Luc Foodie's outscoring Sample Ranta in the AHL. Uh, not by points. There game, are but... a couple of games played difference. Yeah, but Jean Luc Foodie's nineteen. I hear you in the OHL and has been like bottom six he's been he's been a 3c he's been on the right wing he's been on the left wing like his job has moved around a ton and sampo has slowly like worked worked his his way down the eagles lineup as the year has gone on and from where he started this just doesn't feel good it doesn't feel like the trajectory is moving in the correct direction He's not had the kind of year. I, I thought he was going to be a more productive AHL player. I thought he was going to be a just a, not even productive, just a better AHL player. So he's very, he just long stretches where just not much is going on. Here's my, my take on this and why I still have him at three is yes, the production is definitely down this year. However, and part of what helped me come to this conclusion is the piece that Megan actually did with Sampo. Sampo knows that the part of his game that needs to get better is not his offense. It's away from the puck. Dad, this is this is very true. And I think particularly in the first half of the year after he got sent down, it was a primary focus for him to get the rest of his game up to a passable level. And you can see around about mid-January the production started to come a little bit again. Yes, there was still a lot of streakiness going on there, but he said, hey, look, I can still play offense. Also working on a lot of other things in the game. And I do think 
he's started to take steps in the right direction off the puck in the defensive zone. It's never going to be amazing, but it needs to be to a passable level. Anyone who watched the first 10 games of the season could see he was totally lost out there. Yeah. I think it's come a bit of a ways. I think maybe he can get the mental side of the game, the ability to think the game to a level where he could function. Um, Never going to be the IQ hockey IQ genius out there or anything like that, but he doesn't need to be. My, my problem is that his natural tools just aren't really showing up that often in the A for the Eagles. And I think it is a fair point to say that he's put a lot of his focus on his off the puck work because I mean, he was so bad. Yeah, it, it was really, really bad. <clears throat> but my other. To the argument. point where I'm still shocked this coaching staff gave it 10 games. Well, that, that's my other argument, is that clearly someone in this organization really likes him if they're going to give him 10 NHL games when he looked like that. Yeah. So I do think they're, barring no improvement at the AHL level over the next year or so, if we're in 2023 February and he's not producing any better than he is now in the AHL, I really think if he shows anything, the Avs want to give him another shot. We'll see. We will. I just there's there's one there's a lot of bodies now starting to be there. That is definitely true. Um, and he's not separating from any of them, which is something that I think is an important distinction. Is that his direct competition for NHL ice time are some of his teammates who are all trending upward in my eyes. It it at the AHL level. We're going to talk about Martin Cout in a minute, but yeah, <laughs> but in the AHL, is why would I be more excited about Sampo Ranta than John Luke Foodie right now? I, I given given the seasons that they've had, and given the given that one of them is a nineteen year old and one of them is a twenty what twenty two Ranta's twenty two, twenty one. Did he just turn twenty? No, he didn't turn twenty two till May. Um, but I, I totally understand your hype on, on Foodie, and I think there's a good argument to be made there. However, I think it comes back to the proximity to the NHL for me. I think the Avs are perfectly happy to sit there and slow cook Foodie a little bit longer, wait for him to turn 20, get another year of the AHL probably under his belt. Whereas with Sampo, I really think if he can show anything solid down the stretch of this year and, and maybe a good start to the season next year, I have more faith than you, I guess, that they're going to try to find a way to get him more NHL games, at least. And well, I, I definitely agree that they're looking for any excuse imaginable to get that guy back. And you know, if if because you look at the raw two, you look at yeah. you look at his size, you look at his skating, you look at his willingness to run into guys and be run into by guys. Like it's it's all something that just he's got a high enough skill level that him just running out there and just smashing into stuff is great but it hasn't clicked at all in with the eagles yeah, and, and, it hasn't clicked at all man and maybe my disposition here is a little bit too sunny on on ranta to put him at three because there is totally a world where he gets another shot and it doesn't look any better in the nhl and that's it end of end of story god i hope not but me too I mean, I, I'm tr- I have the positive outlook with him at three, but it's not like that's off the table. It definitely could happen. Yeah. So 
is what it is on that front. Uh, I don't even remember who I have at six. So Yahir's going to have to bring that list back up. <laughs> okay, so at seven, I have Foodie. It looks like you have Foodie at six. Yeah. So uh, we can talk about him. Obviously, we've kind of already drifted into this conversation with the Sampo Ranta talk. But Foodie is always going to be an interesting little experiment because of the way things played out and him playing in the AHL. Yeah. Uh, where you you are you are wondering like you have a legitimate question that you can ask was Jean-Luc Foudy better served playing in pro hockey this year or going back to the OHL with his peer group yep and being a high end i mean look at look at Olsen in the OHL who's just destroying who's just nerds yeah annihilated that league in the way that he does that 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 you know his skill set yep just led to him shitting all over the OHL. It's no big deal. Would 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 that have been better for Foodie's overall game for him to play 20 minutes a night, top power play unit, instead of playing more of a middle six role for the Eagles? Yep. Or is the middle six job for no. the Eagles a better estimation of uh what he's going to be as a pro long-term as an NHLer, Cause I don't think we're looking at Jean-Luc Foudy and thinking that he's ever going to be a top six player in the NHL. Nope. I don't think his shot is good enough. Um, uh, really everything else about his offensive game. I actually do love uh, the, <laughs> the vision and the playmaking, playmaker, yeah. the, the skating. He's very creative. Um, I he's unselfish to a fault. Yeah, but he's also unselfish to an insanely creative degree. <laughs> he's not going to confuse you with Trevor Zegras, but the playmaking is going to be good. It's going to be good for a middle six guy. Certainly, his passing ability combined with his speed should pop in in a middle six, assuming the game gets to that level. Yeah, um, I I really have very little bad to say about foodie i think he's very much on the right path and has taken steps in the correct direction i just think he needs another year in the ahl to really to really get there i think it might be two more years in the ahl yeah i mean you consider again he's 19 some of these other guys are 21 22 23 years old like coming out of three years of college you know he foodie is going to be a guy that i think people get impatient with because he jumped straight to the AHL. People he was in the AHL how last old he year. actually is. Exactly. Yeah. He was in he's in the AHL this year. If he's he, I don't think that they're looking at him as a guy that's going to make the roster next year either. Yeah. So you're talking about 3 full years in the AHL before you even start talking about him as a potential NHL guy and I and I think people will probably be like out on foodie but- quicker because they lose they lose some of that perspective of how old he actually is and what a what a unique path he took in comparison three full years (coughs) the ahl for foodie is the equivalent age of one year in the ahl for sample ranta right so so i just with foodie and and the the upside is he going to be a center is he going to be a wing I still want to see him in the middle of the ice with that playmaking ability. The shot has got to develop, though. It's it's, it's just bad. not good. It's man. really bad. Um, so 
you're not going to pitch me on him being a defenseman, are you? No. I mean, I joke around about <laughs> I it, but <laughs> I I think it would be I think it would be an interesting experiment. Uh, he's not physical enough, but I like I I wonder. He's one of the few guys I've ever wondered about making that Dude, transition. If you're you're if you told me he could be Jacob McDonald back there, I'd believe you. Would it be better That's for him? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I still have uh, my NHL comp for him has long been John Mitchell, and I, yep. I'm still hanging on to weird one thing. Talented third line player. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the one thing about John Mitchell though was that he he's he scored like ten goals a year. Like yeah. he had a pretty sick it, shot for a guy. Swap that was a hard four C. Swap the shot for passing ability, and he's that version of john mitchell yeah but like really smooth skating yep. um, a lot of puck skill has some creativity to his game definitely uh and i think could be could be a long time nhl or as a as a depth center like that so i not your not your traditional profile there but i think that he's a guy that could and and look like when he hits the nhl someday and if it's if, if it's in colorado his skating is gonna immediately pop he doesn't do anything. He, I don't know that I've ever watched him play a game where there hasn't been one shift where I'm just like, fucking John Foodie. I don't think he should be a defenseman, but he has that weird ability that you see it You see it in defensemen a lot more, where they kind of just have that magic where they glide over the ice. Oh, he yeah. Has, he has that. Oh, yeah, definitely. So. <clears throat> definitely. He's, he's not like... It's funny because it's so smooth that you're like, mm, this isn't explosive. Yep. But he gets up to that top speed and then he just, just around guys. And you're just like, oh, see ya. That's different. <laughs> He's really fun to watch too. He is. So. He's a fun, fun player for sure. All right. We've taken a long time yeah. to get through six guys. We, we, we've gone pretty slow, but you know, us and prospects, we get yeah. stuck in, uh, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery. Be sure to go get yourself some Avalanche beer from them. Uh, when the Avs score two goals in the first period, you can have a beer on Breck Brew. Make sure you keep your receipt. Go over to breckbrew.com and go to their two for a brew promotion to get free beer every time the Avs score two goals in the first period. They're delicious stuff. I really can't recommend Breck Brew enough. I've It's been the beer that I just drink since I've joined DNBR because they're so good. So go get yourself an Avalanche. Have a Breck Brew. They're amazing. Also, check out Green Mountain Dental. Go get your teeth taken care of when you go to a cleaning, x-ray, and exam with them. You get a free Sonicare toothbrush just for taking care of your teeth, which makes your life easier at home. Brush your teeth, keep them clean, make them look good. You get good, pretty teeth like me, sort of. Uh, my teeth weren't good until they were better now. So, yeah. Great so <laughs> That's what that is. Good, good, good teeth like mine, sort of. Well, all right. So my teeth were bad, but then you go get dental work, and that makes them better. Simple math here. All right, Green Mountain Dental Group, doing simple math, taking care of your teeth. Go check them out. Also, great time to sign up for DNVR and Avalanche membership. You have the prospect portfolio. If you want to go see some highlights of some of these guys we're talking about on this show, go get that. You also have Megan's piece on Eustace Ananen and a handful of other pieces from Megan. If you if you go back on the site about a bunch of the Eagles guys and Sean Barron's as including well. John Luke Foodie. Yeah, John Luke Foodie's on that list. You have uh, Sampo Ranta on that list. Ananen yep. was just posted literally like an hour ago. Uh, 
So get in there. Go uh, go look at all that stuff. It's it's super dope. I think we make dope content at the very least. We've got some other cool stuff coming too. So yeah, always a good time to get a DNVR membership. You get a free shirt with all of that as well. Uh, looks like we have a super sticker here. Let me go into the chat and see what it looks like, and I'll I'll do my best. All right. So this super sticker. The word vibes with glittery stars around it. I like it. Did my best, Jake. Did my best. Thank you for the super sticker. Much appreciated. Uh, all right. Let's get into our, our top five guys here. Uh, pull up the list for us. Yeah, here. All right. So I have counted six. You have you have counted five. So yep. we can just go there. Um, <clears throat> it. Kout's an interesting one, right? Because he has had a little bit of NHL experience. He hasn't seemed to stick in the NHL with the abs. But yeah. unlike Bowers, he has had some solid production in the AHL. The thing, the thing, and when I was I was mentioning this earlier, is is that with with Ranta that he's not separating at the AHL from other prospects. Kout does. Yep, I agree. Kout, when you watch Cal play in the AHL, you're watching, you're just looking at a guy and you're like, he's got 31 points in his last 44 AHL games. Like he's been productive. He makes them better every time he's out there. He's very noticeable. It's really easy to see why we're like, just do this. It's a dude that looks just done be in that, done with that this. league. Yeah. And the part of the frustration is that you look, he's got 11 games with the abs over the last two years. He has no points. Yep. Uh, and in a lot of those games, albeit in limited minutes, he doesn't do anything. Yeah. And I know that the, he's a guy that there's a split in the organization on how they feel about him. Some, he doesn't do anything, you know, he's, he has conditioning issues or, you know, whatever. Right. Like, sure. Um, it's, and then there are others who are just like, just go watch him in the AHL, watch him, well, watch him just be better than a lot of guys down there all the time. I do wonder what it would look like if they gave Count the leash that they gave Ransom, where they gave him a real quality 10 game stretch of time. Yeah, give him 10 games and yep. have him average uh, however much Ranta played per night. It was like nine plus minutes or something like that, I think. I don't know. Tailed off at the end a little bit, but either way, I would, especially because I do 10, think 54. Oh, that's almost 11. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Give I, him I do... 10, 54 a night. Because I do think part of what makes Count what he is, is he is a fairly cerebral player. He is someone who thinks the game well, and yeah. he's never a burner. You know, he's not going to torch dudes with his speed or anything like this that. Is the thing but... about Count, though, is that there isn't one single thing that you point to and say he does this at a high level. Yep. He does everything at about above it... average. Agreed. Nothing elite. But I don't think that there are any major weaknesses in his game other than the puck doesn't follow him around, which is just one of those innate traits that some guys have and some guys don't. Yep. And if if he's not if he's not constantly around the puck and there's nothing happening in his game, he's not he's not an overly physical guy. 
he's solid defensively, but it's not spectacular. It's not super noticeable. It's just like, okay, well, bad things aren't happening. Yeah, but I don't, again, bad things aren't happening is equivalent to everyone on the Avs fourth line most nights. If not better, some nights. Yeah, I mean, you look at Maltsev. Maltsev was a guy that you're really wondering, like, what more are the Avalanche looking for from him? Obviously, yep. points would have been nice. Yep. But you are you are kind of, you know, because Kaut, you know, Maltsev, Maltsev finished. He has 18 games played. And he's at a 55% Corsi and with the abs and all the, you know, there's, there's a lot of good that's happened with him. Yeah. Uh, except actual goals. And with Cout, Cout was if his six games played uh, 47% Corsi. Yep. Was good in expected goals, um, scoring chances, all that stuff. It's all I, solid. It, I mean, when you take a look at it and I understand Cout doesn't play center, but you're looking at guys like Darren Helm down there. Certainly when Knack's goal scoring ability isn't shining through, you're looking at those guys and you're saying they don't really do a whole lot different yeah. than what Cout would provide. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they give him 10 games down the line and the offense just never shows up. There's just nothing there. And that's the end of it. But, He's another guy that I, I place in the same category as Bowers. I don't know if it'll be with the abs, but this guy will get more NHL games. Well, and that's a that's a guy where you're like, okay, if you swap him, you need to swap him for a forward because your defense really doesn't need it. Yep. Um, you don't need another guy that's kind of pushing up on the ceiling there. You have guys that we're going to talk about here. That have and, the ceiling, yeah. But then you have other guys in the system. You have a guy like Dennis Gilbert, who I think has been really good for the Eagles this year. Yep, you and have it's Justin like Barron progressing if, nicely too. If he needed like, to be, if Dennis Gilbert needed to be your eighth or your ninth defenseman in your organization, fine. he could do that. Yep, you know. So if you're gonna move Cout, it's it's you need to move him for a forward because that's where you want to try and find some help. It and what's what's I think frustrating for guys like us is that you have like JT Comfer is in the NHL getting crushed every night. He's got the worst shot metrics by a long shot of any of the regulars. Yep. The guys that he's keeping company with uh, are Sample Ranta and Jason yep. Magna and Martin Cowell. And when he's producing, it's fine. But when he goes 10 games without a point. Right. And and that's where it's for, it, all across the board, though. You're looking at JT. You're looking at JT Comfer. And you're saying the only thing that's gone really, really well is that the Avs score way more goals on the ice than they give up. Yep. But all other, all other metrics are bad and you're like okay i don't know that he's a very good but uh, nhl player and at three and a half million dollars how much of jt confer's game could you get with martin Cout for a third of the price yeah like a quarter of the price and we're talking you you saw a couple of years ago the only reason that they didn't continue to play him was because they wanted to save the contract they wanted the contract yep. to slide they viewed him in that way. They valued him like that. And then they never really went back to him again in a meaningful way. Like they've given him games with six minutes and it's tough because it's like, what do you expect a guy to do with six minutes of ice time? Yep. 
you can't expect him to put a whole lot. Now, to be fair, this year he did play a couple of games around 10 minutes and then had didn't do a ton with the time, but right. did, was playing a little bit and then got hurt. And this is the other part of the story is that like Bowers, there's always an injury that crops up when the Avs need somebody. Yep. How many times has it been like, how come they're not calling a Martin Count? And it's like, he's not even in the AHL lineup right now because he's hurt. Yep. But they need to call a guy up, and that's how, you know, Dylan Sakura gets the call or whatever. Dylan Sakura, Kiefer Sherwood, Jason Magno. Those types they of guys. Pick get your calls. guy. Yeah. Now, those guys have also played great for the Eagles. For sure. So it's a little different. But you do you do wonder with a guy like Cout where you're just like you you drafted him in the first round and now you're not gonna give you're not you're just not gonna give him a any kind of a the, the lack of true, opportunity like, yeah you're not gonna give him any true like sink or swim yep. here's your you've got ten games we're gonna give you tenish minutes per night we want to see what you can do go out there and make this line better now the fact that he's been a right wing. And all of a sudden, the abs between Comfer, Abel, and right o- Logan O'Connor, yeah. all of a sudden, their bottom six is kind of stocked at that position. Post deadline, I'll be curious if one of their one or two of those guys go a piece or two out. Yeah, yeah, and and that bottom six gets cleaned out a little bit because some of these guys combine, or if Account is a guy that gets combined, yeah, into be. a deal. Because if you are, if you're, if you're a I'll just throw a hypothetical at you. If you're running the Arizona Coyotes and yep. the Avs call and they say, we'll give you Martin Cal for Phil Kessel straight up. I think I'd probably want to pick, but. No, at that point, does that organization need more picks? Because Cout is a young guy that they can drive into I, the I, NHL. I hear what you're saying. And I agree, and just be like, well, I agree with the concept that you're bringing, but I also think. Arizona wants as much value as possible when it comes to two to three years from now. And, and count would bring some value there. Theoretically, if he pans out, Arizona's in a place to give him all the opportunity. Right. In the world they to should be it out. reclamation project heaven right now. Totally. I, I, I hear what you're saying. And I, I agree with the, the premise. I just don't know if they would do Phil Kessel for Martin Kaut straight up. That's all well, I'm, it's, I'm I'm just saying, if a team offers them a fourth round pick, a team offers you Martin Kaut, which one are you Yeah, you take Kaut if that's the case. Like, that's, and that's where I'm, uh, I'm not sure, you know, money would obviously be an issue and there would have to be other conversations. You don't have to whatever. get into that, yeah. Right. But I'm saying, like, is that where Martin Kaut's value is at the deadline? Maybe. And that sucks. And I think that that's a bummer for. I think that's a bummer for Martin Cow. If he gets in the NHL, I'd be happy for him. I think he should be in the NHL. He's a weird guy, though, because he's not individually ever going to pop. His game does not. It's not sexy. It doesn't. He's flash. someone that's going to drop into a system and be right. Just someone who fits in where wherever you put him, he'll do he's, whatever. Yeah. He's played a good depth role when he's asked to be a depth guy. He's been a good top six guy when they put him around good players with the Eagles. Yep. And it's like, okay, he's a function of this of the environment in which you put him in. So put him in the NHL. Put him in the NHL <laughs> and and give him some quality. You know, I'm sorry, but I would it not be intriguing to see what that guy could do next to Alex Newhook? Yep. Just see what happens. I'm. I'm that's the stuff for me that just I'm frustrates me personally. I'm with you. Let's keep moving on here. What do we got next on our lists? Yeah, um, we have a lot to talk about with the top four guys, too. Yeah. 
and and they're all a a lot of them are going to be intertwined here as at four i have sean barons you have barons at two um uh, or rather and i have drew hellison at five compared to your four so let's talk about hellison first yeah all right so drew hellison I don't think there's any doubt in anyone's mind he's the one lock to be signed by the Avs this offseason, assuming he wants to sign. Yeah. Um, Should be an easy slam dunk that one home. Yeah. Obviously, he's his development in the NCAA has been excellent, and he got to go to the Olympics, all this awesome stuff. Great for him. And the defense has always been there. It's been there since his freshman year at BC, <clears throat> but seeing him get involved in the offense is important. Not necessarily because that's going to be his role in the NHL, but just to see that there's a certain ability level, puck skill level there for him in the offensive zone. And so the reason why I've got Drew Hellison lower here mm-hmm. is even though the, the the offense has been better in college, when you're talking about where it projects in the NHL, and, and you and say I have no argument to make here. Obviously, Barron's projects with more ability than Hellison does. And I'm I'm separating these two out, and I'm saying this is different. Um, where where I think it's different is that Hellison is going to be more valuable specifically to the Avalanche because yep. he is he can drop into a bottom pairing, be a shutdown defender for them. Right. A he lot. can do the job, but he can do that specific role. And I think he could do it tomorrow. That's where I'm at too. The proximity to the NHL for him is what really, really and, high on Hellison. And I think that the only, the only other problem that Drew Hellison faces is that Justin Barron exists. Yep. And it's um, because Justin Barron, we saw it. Look, it was brief, but we saw a couple of games in the NHL this year where Justin Barron, there were some things that popped. Yep. And you were like, and it's easy to dream on Justin Barron, and we'll get there. But right now, this current group, you've got a top four, kind of an established top four, really a top five, with two two righties and Sam Gerard playing on the right side. So that right side's kind of kind of set at the moment because yep. Drew Hellison's not going to roll in and play next to Sam Gerard on your second pairing. So, I mean, the conversation for Hellison and to a lesser extent Barron really becomes a couple years down the line, right? When you get Hellison into the AHL, and then in a couple years you have EJ's contract expiring. Yeah. The year after that, you have Devon Taves, who's going to have an actual yacht <laughs> deliver the amount of money he's going to make. <laughs> So what a fucking baller move that would be. <laughs> Forget the dump truck. We're going yacht. Hire okay. a yacht to roll up with a suitcase of cash for your yeah. signing bonus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Why couldn't I be rich and have these good ideas? <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's where things start to open up, I think, a little bit more for Hellison. Uh, obviously, Baron yeah. is going to be a first in line here. I think uh, I think so. Like when I was joking around and and we were talking about like Luke Shen as like a deadline thing. Yeah. Part of my appeal with Luke Shen is that he signed next year. Part of the reason why I think the Avs don't Get- want Luke Shen is because he signed next year yeah. because he's a righty so that's going to play on their third pairing. And I think the Avs have not have a guy already in their system that they've kind of earmarked for that job. Yeah. And it's not Drew Hellison. I think it's Justin Barron. 
Now, if Justin Barron makes it through the organization, through makes it through the trade dead, trade deadline with the organization, that's interesting. Where Hellison is, Hellison for me, I'm lower on because as much as he is a great fit for a third pairing, he's physical, he's good enough with the puck, he does this and all that. As an NHL player, he looks a lot more limited to me. There's than, a hard ceiling, yeah. Than both Justin Barron and Sean Barron's. I I agree. I don't think the ceiling is is. <clears throat> Not even particularly close to the other guys. Agreed. You're you're having a hard time really visualizing Hellison as even a second pairing guy. I think. Right. Like he, if Drew Hellison absolutely maxed out as a second pairing guy, I think you're looking at a Brendan Dillon type of player. Yep. Definitely. Good shot blocker. Really physical guy. Good size. Does a lot for you. And great you- work from his own end out. Just enough offense yeah. to justify get, giving him that number four type kind yeah. of guy. Yeah. Yep. And if he takes too many penalties, then he's Ian Cole. So <laughs> on the flip side of this, we have Sean Barons, who I had at four. You had all the way up at two. I have him at two because he has been unbelievable for DU it, this year. As a true freshman, he walked into DU's, DU's lineup, plays in all situations for them, does everything for them and has taken on their toughest assignments he is five foot ten back there and like we talked about with colby ambrosio is a legit five ten he's a smaller dude and ultra competitive in your face does not back down from a challenge does not back down from any kind of situation plays a very physical style for a guy that is five foot ten. You look at a five foot ten guy, and the easy thing to do is to write him off as, "Oh, the Abs love their Smurf defenders that don't that don't touch guys." Congrats, you've never watched Sean Barron's play. Sean Barron doesn't kid around. That that dude's a little bit of a psycho. Like <laughs> he's got he's got a little bit of like the small man's disease, you know, yeah. where like yeah. every short guy ever has he gets a little touchy about certain things. And feels like they have to prove themselves and and get a little huffy and be like, I'm the real boss. You get Sean Barron's in front of his goaltender, and that's how he acts. He gets a little crazy at times. I think calling him a psycho is probably fair. <laughs> Sean Barron's got it, and, and and like it's a necessary trait for a guy who's five foot ten. Yep. If he was six foot three, he would have been a top five pick. Well, I love the point because you go look at freshman defensive scoring in the NCAA and it's Sean Barron's Owen power and Luke Hughes, two top five picks, by the top five picks. Yeah. So I, if Wade Clippen's playing on the the same team, mind you playing on a team that had four of the top five picks, the Av scouting staff, if, if for anything, if they deserve a pat on the back, I think it's the Sean Barron's pick from this last draft class, because it's a, it's a friggin' home run in, in the second round. So credit where credit is due to the ads organization and on that one. The reason that I have him ahead of Olison is because if he was not an AF. Yeah. Teams if he would be fast tracking the shit out of this guy if he was not. Just saying. What if he was a Philadelphia Flyer? <laughs> I wonder why you picked that team. Actually, with Cam York there, it's probably not the greatest. It's not. Pick. It's not. I. But they did move Ghost out, so there maybe there's some room there. But 
if he was a Philadelphia Flyer, he would be like a top prospect. Like there would be real hype on him. There would be multiple teams in the NHL losing their mind about this guy. But for like, the Abs, it's like, oh, we got another one. <laughs> yeah, for the Abs, they're like, okay, well, with Kale McCarr and Sam Gerrard and Bowen Byram and then Justin Barron on the way also. Yeah. Justin Barron, like, one bad flu season away from making the NHL again. I guess just the next COVID outbreak is really what, they're, what he's waiting for. <laughs> um, whenever the next variant drops on top of us and kicks our ass, that's what the, the, he's in the NHL. Like, and if it wasn't, and Drew Hellison, like the fact that all those guys are right-handed is funny because that's where organizations are dying for help. They're dying to get right-handed defenders. And, Drew Hellison, Sean Barons, and Justin Barron are all there. They're all right-handed. It's a bit silly. Um, or Barons is left-handed but plays the right side. Yeah, Sorry. it's the same. It, they play the same position on the right. It, yeah, the equivalency there. Which for I always, I always think of him as right-handed because he he's always well, played the uh, right side. And, and for organizations yeah. that aren't the Avalanche. They have lefties play the right side all the time. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. That's why that's what I want to do with Calvin DeHaan if the Avs go out and get him. So Oh no, he would play left and Sam you, Gerard would stay you, on the right. You'd put him on the left, do you think? Yeah. Oh yes. And okay. Sam Gerard, I've always agreed with Evan on this. Sam Gerard is better on the right side. That's fine with me. Anyway, not the the point is is that uh, the 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 reason that I have Barron so high and that I have him above Hellison is because if it were not for the Avalanche-specific situation, Sean Barron's would be higher than Drew Hellison in every system in the league. Yep. It has been interesting to watch Abs fans become super attached to Drew Hellison because he fits the exact thing that they need. But he is still, of those three defenders in their top four of the prospect pipeline, he's still the lowest ceiling player. And that's not like a... That's not to say he's bad. That's not to say that we aren't excited. It's not to say that he's not going to be a quality or useful NHL player. I think that he continues to trend in that direction. He still has to prove that the puck skill plays in the NHL. It's, it's just the reality of if all of these players hit their ceilings, Drew Hellison is the lowest on the totem pole. Yep. If if you were lining them all up on a depth chart, Drew Hellison would be on that third pair. Yep. Okay. Should we talk about Olauson now? I will say, though. It's not hard to see like a third pairing someday of Sean Barron's and, and Drew, Drew Hellison. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We're just like, oh, it sucks that we lost Devon Taves, but the top four is now McCarr, Gerard, Byram, and Barron. I will, I will say when you look at Barron's... when you look at Sean Barron's, Devon Taves is not a bad NHL comp for him. A little smaller. Yeah, the size isn't there. That's the one. But the the IQ and the puck skill and all that. Mm, mm, mm. All right. I so. also think when you talk Drew Hellison trade deadline uh, as as an, as a trade deadline, if you're the Philadelphia Flyers <laughs> and you want to compete next year, that dude can be a Hellison, potential drop in. Yeah, Hellison could be an interesting guy to to drop onto your again next to Cam York. A guy that played at they played at the DP together. Yep. It's so. it's definitely going to be an interesting conversation when we get to those trade value talks, which we'll talk about probably sometime next week. But yeah. 
Um, anyway, the trade assets. Yep, that's coming. Oscar Olauson, <clears throat> the Avs' first round pick from this year. We kind of already mentioned he's absolutely murdering the OHL. You have him at three. I have him at two. Uh, obviously, ceiling very, very high on this kid. Uh, is it is is it Burkowski high? Like I think he, so. If he maxes out, are you seeing? Do you see an Andre Burkowski here? Yep. Yeah, I've tried to talk myself out of it, but I'm like, it really, there's so many things you check. You check so many Berkey boxes. Yep. He's got the size. He likes this puck on his stick. He can do a lot of things. Yes, he's scoring a lot of points on the power play, but his shot works just fine at five on five in all situations. Um, uh, still needs to work on the physicality. And and I think the reality of the type of player he is is it's never going to be the level you want for, for someone his size. But what I have liked, especially since he's gotten to Oshawa, is he's doing a better job of getting to the net front. He's doing a better job of getting to the important areas of the ice than he was earlier in the year. So I do think he's progressing in the right direction. Yeah, and for me, I think there was only so much he needed to show. At the OHL level, for sure. In the OHL, and he did that. <clears throat> I want to see where it goes in, in the pros. Um, yeah, I don't think Olsen has the highest ceiling of the abs prospects. And for me, that's more important Man. than where a guy fits into a pipeline. Because if I, a guy doesn't have a very high ceiling, it doesn't really matter what the pipeline looks like. Yeah, I'd have a really hard time not having Justin Barron at one. I, I I sat down and I thought about it and I was like, I just can't not... Yep. I have concerns. We'll talk about them in a sec. But I've got I, I with Olison. It's you love you love. Uh, it's it's almost the opposite of Martin Cout. With Martin Cout, yeah. it's everything is above average. There isn't anything sexy. There isn't anything that really jumps off the ice. With Olison, he's got an unbelievable shot, and it's just and he's got can you size. build around it? Yeah, and you're you're kind of doing like what I talked about with Sampo or with uh, Alex Bocage. But at yep. a much higher level, well, you take those you take those high end traits and you build a hockey player around him. And this has been a really, really encouraging year. I feel a lot better about that pick today than the day that it was made. But I still have real questions about how well he's going to process the game uh, in in the pros and exactly what it looks like. You know, his playmaking still just isn't there. I mean, he's got one assist in what fourteen games with the Generals. Yep. Like, there's a real I, there's a real question in, in my mind about if he ever develops the playmaking side of his game. Sure, and you need that to be an all. Uh, <clears throat> if you're going to be a top six forward, to be top six, you definitely need it. Yeah, yeah, and that's where that's where if, you know for a first round pick, like if if we're talking about him as a third line guy, you're in love with the pick. No, but if you're trying to get a top six forward out of that pick. Right now, there are still concerns. I, I To give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, especially in the last five to ten games, Oshawa has very much put him a role in a role of, we don't want you to pass the puck. We want you to shoot the shit out of this every single time you get it. One, but Oshawa trading for him at all was It was odd. really weird that Oshawa was the team. To because the they were, yeah. I believe they were behind At Barry the time of the trade, the they standings. were behind Barry. Yep. And so it was like, one... I understood why Barry was doing it, 
um, you cash in on a you cash in on an international pick with yeah. a bunch of futures, and that's great. You rebuild right for a team that was not going to be competitive yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. Exactly, but it was weird for Oshawa because it was not like a power. It was not like a powerhouse OHL team adding a big time goal score. Yep, it was like a team that was trying to make the playoffs and was trying to get to the point where maybe they win a round or two. Added a big time goal Definitely. score. Just, just an odd, an odd situation to give up assets for is weird. Yeah, um, but either way, I'm kind of with you. I don't think there's a ton more for him to prove at the OHL level at this point. He's still, I, I'm still convinced he's going to be a guy that you're just going to live with him, never bringing the physicality that people are going to want. A lot like Burakovsky, um, but. It's time to see if he can do it against pro competition at this point. And and unfortunately, the cancellation of the WJCs, I think, really hurt getting to see what a real look at him might have been. We'll see. WJCs if they, they could bring it on. back. I know, in the summer, we'll see. But They're back on, but does, is Olsen on that team? still qualify? Yeah, yeah like, does Sean Barron's get a second crack at it? Because, you remember, he only missed the USA team because, because he got yeah. COVID. So... You know, we'll see. But I'm, yeah, I, with Olison, I think that it's more just, I'm still not sold on his ceiling. I want a top six player out of the first round pick. I don't care where the first round pick is. And I just, if he's going to be an explosive goal, goal scorer, like I want to see the all around game develop. Yeah. I mean, I do think there's room in the world for, on, uh, on Phil Kessel-ish sort of Jamie McGinn type players on a third line that can provide goal scoring ability um, but I don't know particularly that Olausen's game will be well rounded enough yeah Did, he should jump to the HL next year right like we agree yeah, he's an Eagle. Yes, yes, yeah. yes yes cool um, He's an eagle next year, and then we'll see how it goes. Yep. Which again, like for guys like Sampo and Cout and Bowers, like I, yeah, the next wave is here. What do you? They basically do? don't need to sign AHL vets anymore because their prospects turned into AHL vets. Yep. That's a sad thing to say. It is, but it's also the reality. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Justin Barron, our consensus number one. Yep. Kid's dope. Kid got into NHL games this year. He's done nothing but dope stuff at the AHL level as a defenseman. I Is he a perfect player? No, not by any stretch of the imagination. But Number one concern is physicality. Yep. He continues to be pretty darn soft when it comes particularly to the defensive zone and net front, which is a problem the Avs are kind of known for in the NHL at this point. I just want to see him engage a little bit more. I don't think it's been, I don't think it's been a major problem for him with the Eagles, no. but I, I just, he, uh, he has a good enough stick that he gets away with it a lot yeah. of the time. He has a really good stick. Agreed. But it, and he's going to fit in wonderfully on a team full of defenders that have, who have really sticks. good sticks. <laughs> yeah. But, but it, the, that, that he does not just, just like, impose the size on people and this is where 
This is where size gets overrated because if a guy doesn't use his size, it doesn't it don't matter. matter. Yeah. It just doesn't matter. Like you understand why five foot nine Sam Gerard is not trying to dunk on guys physically. You say like, that, he, but he's he running some people over, okay? <laughs> yeah, and they're almost always other small guys, okay? <laughs> yeah, like, Sam yeah. Gerard understands. He picks his spots where he's like, that's a tiny dude. I'm going to fuck him up. That's a big dude. I'm going to stick check him. <laughs> so, like, no, he's not He's not like Tyson Berry because Tyson Berry's a small guy where if you're asking him to be physical, he's probably going to lose that battle. Justin Barron has good size. Justin Barron has, there's a lot of Justin Barron to go around. Okay. Like there's <laughs> Justin Barron is not looking at other dudes like, Hey, that's a big boy. Justin Barron is a big enough dude that I'm not saying he should be physically dominant, but he should be more engaged with that side of the game. Yep. Uh, but everything, everything else, um, some of his puck decisions, I don't love. Um, he gets he gets a little squirrely with the puck at times in his own zone, but it, it, this has been even in juniors. The puck is an it's a bit of an adventure where it just kind of floats around his stick. Yeah, there but, are times, <laughs> but it, it's the even for all the negatives of a player, I, there are multiple teams that would be having him in the NHL right now. I guarantee it. Well, so. and and like like we've kind of focused on the negatives here. Like, yeah, he right. Needs the, be, the, he needs to be more physical in his decision making and all this. But like, he's our he's the consensus top prospect for me. It was a no brainer. It wasn't even close. If agreed. we were doing a pyramid, he's he a step above Oscar Lawson and Sean Barron's. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he showed well in the two games. Not going to make too much of those two games, but. He's also been really productive in the AHL. He's got 17 points in 34 games this year. He had four points in seven games last year, three points in two playoff games yep. for the Eagles last year. All AHL numbers. He's a point, he's a half point per game player in 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 uh essentially in his AHL career. It's it obviously a Yeah, 21 points in 41 games. He's not afraid to do things like walk the blue line, all that stuff at the AHL level at the very yeah. least. I think his his vision and play reading ability in the offensive zone is borderline elite. It's uh, it's high end. It's higher end. Yeah. Absolutely, he's going to be able to make aggressive plays with the puck that crew, that that lead directly to goals. Yep, and he's going to be a guy that jumps into space and is going and it's going to lead to goals. Yep, because he's not a guy that struggles with a shot. He's got a good shot. Mm-hmm. It's not, I, I don't think he'll ever score 15 in the NHL, but I think he should be an easy seven to 12 guy. Yeah, he'll get 10. Like, and I'm open for the 12 is like the career year where he, sure, sure. Where he just has one of those years, right? Sometimes pucks just go in. Yeah, he gets 11 goals and 33 assists, and you're like, Justin Barron is so dope for your third pairing. <laughs> it's just unfair. <laughs> yeah, and I think the impressive part about all of this is despite the negatives we talked about his game as a whole is solid yep it's it's yes solid he can can bring you quality minutes in any situation on any part of the ice and at the nhl level he's probably not to to the point where you're going to be super reliant on him but you can see where he would get to that point in the future it's really easy to see Byram, McCarr, Gerard, Barron. Yep. Barron's. 
Hell of a son. <laughs> Done. This yeah. is after this is after Taves gets paid. He gets he the yacht. Defense for the next decade, and Taves is making twelve million dollars in New Jersey or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I dude Taves next to Dougie Hamilton would be sick. That pairing would be a monster. It would be such a problem. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. Barons is dope. Uh, Baron is also dope. Yeah. Any any Avs defenseman whose name starts with B is dope. Yeah. It, I I do think that part of the team's hesitance to commit to another year on defense is because they're looking at Justin Barron like, yep, that's our <laughs> offseason addition. I'm here for it. Um. I mean, does he need another full year in the AHL? I don't think so. No, I like. I, I can understand I... them being like, "Look, it's you know, it's full up, and we've got you know, they've got the top four. Byram's healthy, Eric Johnson's contract is yeah. there, and so but they're he like, should well, be your first call up next year.' Yeah, like I don't think it's a complicated process. Yeah. Um. All right. Any any final thoughts on the the ads organization here? I uh, you know it's deeper than I thought it would be when I started going through it because I could start pulling NHL guys out of it. Sure. Um, the high end is is not there anymore. You're not yeah. talking about any all-stars here. Sure. Um, you're not talking about top pairing or top line players. Um, so the system's really lacking in high end, but it's got decent depth. The the one guy that I think could maybe make an all-star game is the guy we talked about first in Eustace Ananen. Yep. Uh, maybe, right? I, I'm open to the idea. The, he's Goalies. the highest variance prospect in the system, probably. Yeah. But... Goalies. I yep. have no idea. But I do I do still like the system. I, I better like it. It's not going to change too much, I don't think. So The only change it's going to get is there's going to be less, so. Yeah, guys are going to graduate. Yeah, it's good. It's a good point. Uh, yeah, so uh, really, the Av system isn't a more than fine spot, especially considering you know they're trying to win a Stanley Cup this year. Uh, but uh, we'll see. the 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 story with prospects is always we'll see. We could come back this time yeah. next year, and all of these guys are terrible now. I mean, Shane Bauer should have been in the NHL like two or three years ago. Like this, this is kind of disappointing. That's a lot disappointing. Yep, I'm disappointed. I and that's not even that's not even me. Uh, that's 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 not even me being just a fanboy of Shane Bowers the person. You know. Yep. It just should have happened already. Anyway, let's get out of here. Yeah, there's no going backwards in time, only forwards. So we're gonna wrap up the show. We appreciate all y'all hanging out, listening to us to us rant about prospects as we love to do so much. Um, mm-hmm. We will be back tomorrow uh, for the game, pregame, postgame, all that good stuff for you. Hope to see you on those shows. Until then, we will talk to you all on the next one.